Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your weekend <clears throat> with the Mom and Dad of Astrology live right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the best time of your week ahead of time. All right, peace. It sounds like I can be heard. Um, Welcome back. We are live and in full effect. You are on the My Astrology Coach radio network. I am Mama Dada, and we are getting into it. We're getting into the week ahead um, today, the week ahead date, the 24th, next Sunday through the 30th, next Saturday. And uh, Mercury is stationing direct. Woohoo! Anybody out there who has Mercury ruling your chart, be it uh, your Virgo rising or a Gemini rising, I know that you feel me in this the intense celebration. So, um, welcome. If you're listening online or have called in, I see you. If you're in the chat room, please. Um, we're going to get right into it. There's much to cover simply because last week we did not get to finish out the week ahead. Y'all, excuse me, I need a drink of water, sorry. And so we're going to pick up um, where we left off, which would be today, uh, the 20th, um, when the sun enters Aquarius. Before we get started, I will not make the same mistake of um, not acknowledging the reason why we are here. First and foremost, our divine righteous ancestors, Ashe, um, without which we definitely wouldn't be here, and fearless, powerful, wonderful leader, Brother Ampu, who just, just there are no words. And so um, thank you. Much, much thanks to him for allowing us to come back yet another week. And so let's get into it. Oh, before I get started, I have a special announcement. I believe I saw one of them already on the line, but they hopped off for a second. I'm sure she'll be back on. But my callers from last week, Shay, Alfina, Vicky, and caller from the 617 that I had difficulty, um, you know, with the connection, I will talk to you today after the show. This is the thing, you guys. I Things are picking up. <laughs> Business is booming, so to speak, and um, I'm not really at liberty like I used to be uh, to do a lot of free readings and a lot of free reports. It just It's not a good idea anyway when you're talking about energy exchanges, whether it's in a relationship that's personal, business, you you should never be exchanging energy and not getting anything back. You should not be putting your energy out and not getting anything back. That's a lesson I'm learning in my personal life as well as business. Now, <clears throat> for Shay, Alfina, Vicky, and my caller from the 617 and, and previous callers who know this to be true, um, because you call in and I consider you a friend to the show, you will get a deep discount. So... And I mean good and deep, um, probably on the level of like what I give friends 
who asked me for a little stuff. It's basically just like a donation. But, yeah, I should be compensated. You should be compensated for your – this is no – if anybody could do it, any and everybody would be doing it. This, um, it's not – it comes easy to me, um, but uh, – you know, it takes time to uh, research the information, dig into your natal chart, make sure I'm giving you accurate information based on what you're asking me or wanting to look into. So it's fair, you know. And so hopefully it's not a big deal. Um, I apologize that I haven't been able to get back to you until today. Uh, but like I said, everything is just going so fast and the people who are paying clients and uh, everything, of course, they take precedence and get priority. That's why I want to reach out to you with a, you know, a really uh, deep discounted friend of the show opportunity because that will obviously put you in line <laughs> as opposed to just this, these random free requests that I get from time to time. Um, <clears throat> additionally, before I jump into the week ahead, I just want to mention that the new service is going absolutely wonderful. It This is what it's supposed to be, and I didn't know this before because I've never been an astrologer before, a practicing astrologer before um, um, a couple of years ago when I started getting into it, and then about um, about six months ago when I really started building a client base. Um. But this is more like, it, this feels more right, where I'm ha- developing these relationships with people. The new service, uh, for those that don't know, didn't hear the announcement a couple of shows ago, um, our first show into the new year, I announced a new service, which is, um, makes it gives you an hour of consultation time every week, and it gives you a monthly re- transit report for the month. You get one report for the month that covers approximately four weeks. For all the people that have gotten monthly transit reports so far, they know I throw in a, a few extra days. Um, and then the one hour uh, per week to consult with me. It's been going great, y'all. People love it because, like I say, it's more along the lines of how a relationship with a, a practicing astrologer and their clients should be. You should keep up with your clients on like a week-to-week basis. And it's not that frequent if people don't really, you know, require that uh, consistent of consultation, even on a monthly basis. You should keep up with your clients simply because everything is always changing, always in astrology, just like in real life. And so this is providing such a wonderful opportunity for uh, not only people to learn and grow, that's really where it spawned from is one of my clients was like, you know, teach me astrology. I want to know everything. I want to know all about my chart. And so this has given us that time over a period of time to not cram something in like a four-hour, you know, webinar I would do or something like that. But just over time, as things come up and you have questions, hey, you already got an hour every week that you know you'll be able to get with a knowledgeable, trustworthy, dedicated and committed astrologer that um, <clears throat> doesn't mind, you know, digging into it with you. And so far it's just been really positive, really good, wonderful feedback. I love all my clients, and so I just had to report that as well. All right, y'all, it's time. Whew. 
today, y'all, Wednesday, January the 20th. I'm so excited. I want to get up, but um, I told y'all last week that during the Mercury retrograde, I can't quite seem to keep a charge on my phone. I'm constantly seem like charging my phone during the Mercury retrograde. It's quite annoying, um, and that's kind of binding me here to uh, my computer because I've got it plugged up with foil wrapped around it, of course, to protect me from the harmful rays. <laughs> My sister taught me that. But um, I want to get up, y'all, and run around this room and scream and shout. Why? Because the tides are finally turning. <laughs> yes. I love all my Capricorns, Lord knows I do, but I have never been so happy to see Capricorn season go in all my days, I swear. (laughs) Yes, the sun entered Aquarius this rising, 9.27 a.m. Central Standard Time. Woo! I'm happy, y'all. We've been talking about Capricorn season since before Capricorn season started, and I told y'all, and it was exactly as I said, this season of karmic, come on, karmic, you know, events and circumstances. And with Mercury uh, retrograde that began in Aquarius but mostly went on through Capricorn, I mean, some karmic communication, some karmic messages being received and sent, some karmic, uh, you know, travel possibly uh, that has happened and occurred. So, I mean, it's been intense. This ain't been no <laughs> walks through the park, skipping in, in the daisies. No, this has been life. Uh, new moon in Capricorn on the ninth. Mm-mm-mm. I, I usually dig the new moon, and I'm not going to crap on this one, y'all, because there's no good and bad. It just is what it is. But new moon in Capricorn just, it wasn't easy. It wasn't all positive. It wasn't, you know, it was tough. And then here we had last, this past Saturday, I don't know about y'all, but I would, I've i never really been too as excited as I was to get a good uh, first quarter moon going because that shifts the energy. I always talk to y'all about these quarter moons and how it's, it's the opportunity to turn a corner, right? You got the quarter moon, that means the moon the sun is square or in a 90-degree angle like the corner of a wall. That's 90 degrees right there um, to the moon. The sun and the moon are in that um, relationship with each other. And so just like the corner of a room, it's, it's the energy is, is providing an opportunity to turn a corner, right? And so this past Saturday was just powerful. Um, it was a friend of mine's uh, solar return that we were celebrating and, you know, as tough as that January ninth Capricorn new moon was, thank God for the first quarter moon in Aries because it really <clears throat> provided an opportunity to turn a corner Saturday evening um, and just the energy began to shift for me personally, I know, because just, it was just the energy you need, you know, fun, light, celebrating, um, and it was great. Now, uh, what was that day this week? The sun and the moon, I apologize, entered Gemini. And that provided another significant shift in the energy. Why? Because Gemini energy is already mutable. It's a mutable sign, right? 
And so um, that energy, sorry, I was looking through some old notes from last week. But um, the Gemini moon energy, it was bringing that opportunity for the shift to really, for us to start to really feel a shift in our emotions and in and, and, and the habits that, uh, you know, just what what was satisfying to us started but to shift. If you needed it, this Gemini moon has been here for you. The moon is still in Gemini, so... It's just really awesome. And then the, the the relationship between the sun and Aquarius that happens this rising um, <clears throat> and the moon entering Gemini yesterday, uh, Tuesday. Yes, yes. Uh, it entered Gemini yesterday, 3.13 a.m. Central Standard Time. And so you've got Aquarius, which is an air sign, and Gemini, which is an air sign. And we know that any signs that are the same... Um, Elements like air that they have a harmonious relationship to each other. Aquarius trines Gemini. Aquarius also trines Libra. Gemini trines Libra. They all have that same 120 degree angle relationship between each other. So that's that um, moon trine sun uh, transit that I'm always telling y'all about. That it's really good. We're gonna have it here in the week ahead too, but. Um, <clears throat> the moon, uh, what's today? I'm still looking at the week ahead. Yesterday, the 19th, the moon and did trine the sun at 12:50 a.m. Central Standard Time. So that was that sun. The sun wasn't in Aquarius yet yesterday, but when you're talking about exact de- um, degrees, um, then yes, the sun that was almost into Aquarius was chining the moon in Gemini, okay? So, I mean, since that transit yesterday rising, it should have been a really good shift for a good amount of people. Obviously, some people still might be going through some stuff. And whatever you're still going through, I promise you it is self-imposed. I promise you it is self-imposed. And and, and, it, and I know that's hard for some people to hear. That That's hard for me to hear. When I think about what I've been going through, what the new moon in Capricorn shifted for me, and and like I said, not necessarily all positive, not necessarily all skipping through the daisies, but I it's a divine Capricorn is that sign of responsibility and maturity and seriousness. You gonna grow up in a, under a Capricorn sun, trust me, and if you don't, it's gonna kick your butt. Because that's what it's calling us to do. That's what it has it had been calling us to do. And for those who to who, you know, took on that responsibility to mature and get serious about some stuff and put in the hard work and understand that karma is real and that you know what you put out comes back to you, then this sun in Aquarius as of today should really just be shining a, a, a enormously bright light on on you. And and really uh, shifting this, beginning to shift these energies. What you're going to see through the rest of the week is cont- more shifts. Okay, more po- more opportunities for positive shifts due to so moving into Aquarius today. Shift right. Then tomorrow the moon goes into Cancer. Shift. Come on. Then Friday, I promise you, when Mercury lines up with Pluto, you're going to shift. <laughs> we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, for the reason being, 
the Mercury is going to conjunct Pluto and align with Pluto not only Friday, the 22nd, coming up with the moon in Cancer, but it's going to hit it a week from Friday on the 29th because Mercury is still retrograde at the point of this Friday, but by next Friday it'll be going direct again, and so it's going to hit Pluto again, okay? Usually Mercury only aligns with Pluto once a year. Because Mercury is aligning with Pluto so close to this Mercury station, it's hitting it twice, okay? So pay real close attention to the energies, I would say, leading up to Friday, even Thursday, because Pluto is for real (laughs) and life-altering and transformative and all death and rebirth. So I would be looking for, you know, We'll talk about it more here in a second, but it's a really potent, powerful energy, and you don't want to play around with it. You don't want to um, be negative with it. It's a whole bunch of stuff I'll mention here in a second. And then we're going to shift here again on Saturday the 23rd. Why? Because we have a full moon, right? The moon's going to enter from go from Cancer to Leo, and it's going to oppose the sun and Aquarius. So we're going to have a full moon. So the rest of this, if you've been waiting on some <laughs> shifting of the energy and, you know, some things to uh, line up. This is a divine, uh, really probably destined week for uh, for many of us in so many ways. So let's jump into it so I can give y'all what you, give the people what they want. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, all righty. We're going to start the show off with some horoscopes because I really want y'all, I did a, I did a reading on myself <laughs> today for the whole of Aquarius season. I told y'all um, in 2016 I'm incorporating some new uh, uh, modalities into my practice and no, I am in no condition or position to be offering tarot services right now but I am practicing on myself like I was doing with astrology two years ago before I started um, offering my services there. So it's really fun and interesting and insightful. It's powerful. Um, And so, yeah, uh, Aquarius season should be really great. For the Aquariuses, of course, this is going on in your first house, Aquarius. This this sun being, being in your sign, of course, the Spotlight is on you. You're getting all the attention. You're focused on your own wants and needs during this time, as you should be. Um, It's a good time to take advantage of new opportunities and begin a new journey, okay? And so um, with Mercury retrograde having begun in Aquarius, this is going to give you a chance really to begin fixing all the things that may have gone a little weird uh, at the start of the retrograde, okay, and get everything back on track. These horoscopes, by the way, are coming from the Dark Pixie Astrology, and yeah. Gemini, I'm mentioning all the other air signs first, okay, so that's the order I'm going in right now. For my Geminis, um, this is definitely going to be a time to focus on ninth house issues, okay, and keywords like expanding during Aquarius season, all right? And there's, I've been digging into the ninth house personally just because I've had some, um, some activity there recently. And so definitely when you're talking about expanding, I mean, it, it just covers a, a, such a gamut, 
uh, you can expand by reading a book. You know what I'm saying? You can expand just by going somewhere different that you don't normally go, and you're expanding your horizons or your experiences that way. Um, get your explore on Gemini, Gemini Risings, okay, um, and just concentrate on having new experiences. And, I mean, you'll love it. Uh, like I said, this is the sun being in Aquarius is a trine or a harmonious relationship to my Gemini, Gemini Risings, and my Libra, Libra Rising. So this should just be a grand time for y'all. Uh, <clears throat> Gemini, you're going to feel most like yourself when you're doing these expansive things, right? And you want to definitely make the most out of every opportunity you have. I mean, it, it, this is it's basically saying, Gemini, max out. You know what I mean? You know, what do they say? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I won't say that. But one of my favorite astrologists, he says, rock out with your you-know-what out, right? So that's what um, the message is for my Geminis and Gemini Risings for a period season. Um, you definitely are going ninth house is also talking about being optimistic. It's a Jupiter-ruled house, okay? And so uh, definitely want to get out into the world as much as you can. Okay, and uh, you can definitely come across more at this time, Gemini, as more fun-loving and boisterous and gregarious. Um, and then with the sun and Aquarius, I mean, you'll probably just really attract friends and all kind of stuff, being all out and about. Libra, uh, okay, yeah, and so uh, Gemini, uh, you're also going to be able to get the chance to focus on some things that you possibly put on hold when uh, Mercury retrograde first started, okay? The reason why I keep bringing this up, and this is imp important, is because the retrograde started in Aquarius. Now, it wasn't in there, but for it was less than a week, I do believe. It was a couple of days, I think. It's not ringing right now exactly how long, but it was it, it only went to one degree Aquarius. <laughs> it was only in Aquarius by one degree. And then it backs up into Capricorn. By the time it stations here on the 25th, it will have backed all the way up to 14 degrees. So it, it was only the retrograde was in Aquarius one degree and Capricorn the other what 16 degrees. So, uh, but it 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 does still count. That one degree does still count. And for that day or two that uh, the sun was it that Mercury was in Aquarius, we got to get introduced to some energies that will be revisited um, now that the sun is in Aquarius. Same area of space, right? Just different planets, different energies being impacted by this Aquarius energy or impacting the Aquarius energy. Um, Libra, uh, your fifth house is being hit up by the sun being in Aquarius, okay? Harmonious charm to your energy, Libra and Libra rising. And but fifth house is going to be where you're feeling most like yourself. When you're focusing on hobbies, you know, things you love to do and enjoy doing the most, being around people and with the people that you love the most, fifth house is all about fun, enjoyment, games, entertainment, sports, okay, games of chance even, feeling lucky, Libra, who knows, <laughs> <laughs> you definitely want to enjoy yourself and not get so stuck in the serious stuff. Libra, you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in Aquarius season if you're having fun, right? And so 
Um, uh, you definitely, uh, with the sun entering this same area of space where Mercury started retrograding in, you're going to get a chance to pick back up any creative ventures that you may have had to put to the side at the beginning of the retrograde, and you can begin to really find some joy in life again. Isn't that great news, Libra? All right, we're going to hit up the water signs next. Pisces, I know y'all are so used to being last, but I got to. Uh, Pisces, sun in Aquarius is affecting a house for you that you ought to be very familiar with. It's the Pisces ruled Neptune ruled 12th house, okay? So um, you definitely are going to feel most like yourself when you're actually by yourself, not being bothered by anyone. Um, and you like you're gonna really like during this Aquarius season being out of the spotlight and in the background where you feel comfortable for now, right? And so um, you definitely are also gonna have the chance to make up for whatever issues may have come about uh, from the onset of the retrograde uh, back on around the fifth and sixth, okay? And so you're going to be able to settle past issues. The past is a 12th house keyword. And you're also subconscious issues, another 12th house keyword that you're going to be able to deal with. Uh, <clears throat> and other subconscious motivations. You also going, should be able to reconnect with your spiritual self and intuitive side. Once again, should be very at home for you. You should be feeling very at home. This is the season leading up to Pisces season. So let me just mention to you, Pisces also, um, and Pisces rising, that, uh, you know, just chill out. The, when they're talking about being alone, not feeling like being bothered out of the spotlight, that month leading up to our birthday, our solar return, we tend to not be feeling our best. It's almost like... You need to rest before you go out on stage or perform, or, or you need to rest before a big, you know, event or, or something that you're gonna, um, you know, be be in. Okay, I, I have it, a picture in my mind of what I'm trying to say. It just doesn't sound like it's coming out all that all the way right. But Pisces, uh, it, it'll be really good for you to adhere to that because when it is Pisces season here in about 30 more days. I'm going to be telling you something altogether different, which is it's your time to shine, Pisces. Get out there. <laughs> so this is that season. This is that period before your season comes. Got got me? Okay, Cancers. Um, my Cancers and Cancer Rising, Sun and Aquarius is hitting up your eighth house. You're definitely going to feel most like yourself when you're doing research getting to the heart of the matter. Eighth house is that Scorpio, Pluto house, okay, of the deep, intimate, psychological. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's not going to be light, right? That doesn't mean anything bad. It just means getting to the heart of the matter, focusing on serious subjects, uh, making transformations of something, anything. Feel free to transform anything <laughs> while the sun is in, in Aquarius, okay, dear Cancers. Um, with you, uh, things uh, that may have been off uh, to start out the Mercury retrograde, um, you're going to be able to now, with the Sun and Aquarius, get to focus on putting them back on the right track, okay? Uh, you may come across to others as more mysterious, magnetic, and secretive also, okay? Enjoy that. <laughs> All right, Scorpio. 
Now, my Scorpios know all about this. So for my Scorpio and Scorpio rising sun in Aquarius, for you is actually hitting up your very private, very at-home fourth house, okay? So we're talking comfort here. During Aquarius season, you're going to feel most like yourself when you're in the places you know the best with the people most familiar to you, okay, who support you no matter what. This is where you're going to get your satisfaction from this season. You can definitely get in touch with your emotional side. The fourth house is definitely an emotional house, um, a water house, and connect it, and, and you're going to want to connect emotionally with others, right? Uh, since Mercury is uh, retrograded starting in Aquarius, sun going into Aquarius for you is going to mean that you can work on fixing any issues that came up or pick back up any projects or ventures that you had to put on pause, right? And so this is going to be a good time to start something that you need to work on from the ground up because uh, you've got sun in Aquarius, you've got Mars in your sign, Scorpio, come on, and you can wait, work your way up over the next six months, Okay. Uh, Mars is going to retrograde uh, a good amount, I do believe, in Scorpio. So this, you can get comfortable. <laughs> you got that. You got a while, so you can re- you can really start working on something that you can uh, give some time to. Because with Mercury, uh, Mars going retrograde here in a couple of more months, uh, you're going to be get. You know, it will have paid off to get familiar with this energy. All right, Aries. Oh, my lovely Aries. <laughs> it's just a trip, y'all, because I, I, I study these signs and, and the, the way that these energies are impacting these signs just constantly because I've, not only because I'm doing this show, but my clients and, and their particular charts. So I just love my Aries. That's all I have to say. All right, for my Aries. You can definitely feel most like yourself while the sun is in Aquarius, actually affecting an Aquarius house, the 11th house. Um, So when you're with your friends, when you're uh, in groups that you belong to, when you're taking up causes, when you're embracing your individuality, which should not be difficult for any Aries, (laughs) you want more, you're going to feel most like yourself when you're doing those things, right? You're going to want more independence, more freedom, and more room to think. Uranus is in Aries, and the 11th house is a Uranus uh, Aquarius ruled house, right? So this really should be more uh, comfortable, generally speaking, uh, territory for you guys as well. It really is speaking to a lot of the same energies that Uranus and Aries has been bringing us. Um you can definitely, dear Aries, embrace some change and want to see some things differently. You may come across as more idealistic, independent, or intellectual. And you can definitely start to make things right that went wrong at the start of the retrograde. If something was going off the, the rails around the fifth or the sixth, uh, Sun and Aquarius is definitely going to show you uh, an opportunity to start to set things right, okay? The rest of my fire signs, Leo, 
Leo, uh, Sun in Aquarius is directly opposite you. And so uh, you de- whenever we're talking opposites, we're talking other people or partners, right? Partnerships, relationships. So this whole Sun in Aquarius season, Leo, you can definitely feel your best when you're with loved ones, when you're enjoying their company and feeling supported. You want to create more balance in your life, okay? We talk the opposition provides an opportunity for balance. Um, and you're definitely more compromising and fair, diplomatic, right? And your your charm is increased during this season. So uh, we shouldn't come too hard for Leo anyway. Um <clears throat> The sun here is definitely going to help you focus on the issues that came up at the start of the retrograde, and you can definitely work on fixing those and work on continuing anything that you may have had to put on hold. Sagittarius, a.k.a. Swagittarius, (laughs) the third house, the mental Mercury rule third house is where uh, the sun in Aquarius is uh, lighting up for you, and so I've been talking to a, a few of uh, my Sagittarius peeps and giving them a heads up. You know, third house is uh, is a house ruled by Mercury. It's Gemini ruled, and so it's air. Um, it's associated with air, just like Aquarius is. So Sagittarius should really, really be getting having a great go at this Sun and Aquarius thing. You know, I know it's an air sign, and Sag is fire. But for the reasons of the house that it's um, transiting through during this season, you should really still get some of that, like that trine action that the other air signs are getting just based on that air house that it's going through. And so for my Sagittarius, you can feel most like yourself when you're pursuing ventures that stimulate your mind, okay, and expressing yourself with others is going to be very comfortable for you during this season, should be. You want to connect with others mentally, and you want to share your ideas. Third house is the house of, you know, um, the neighborhood, and so that's going to be very beneficial. Get on out in that neighborhood, Sagittarius, and express yourself. Share your ideas. Pursue those ventures that stimulate your mind. This is going to give you a chance, uh, with the sun being in Aquarius, also to pick back up on anything that you had to stop at the beginning of the retrograde, and to really start working on improving your communication skills, okay? And finally, we have our earth signs. How are our earth signs going to fare while the sun's in Aquarius? Well, for my Tauruses, we're talking 10th house here, very top of the chart. I told you all last week, if you look at um, a natal chart wheel, like a pie, right, Uh, or four o'clock, whatever is easier, <laughs> then the 10th house position is the one that's at the very top at the 12 o'clock position, okay? And so it's the most visible. It represents the public responsibility that we have, our careers, our life direction, the parent, namely the father. But for my Tauruses, you're definitely going to feel most like yourself when you're focusing on your goals, right? Working hard toward what you want and being ambitious and driven. During the Aquarius season, you're definitely going to have much that you want to accomplish. Did I go off?
Okay, y'all. I wonder if I am back and in full effect until I uh, I'm listening out here online for the confirmation. Okay, but okay, got it. I hear me, y'all. <laughs> Mercury retrograde is real. <laughs> I'm in the middle of talking about Sun and Aquarius hitting back up these uh, this very first degree that that Mercury went retrograde in, and my phone literally turns itself off. It's plugged up to a charger. I told y'all that at the beginning of the show. It's plugged up to a charger. It turned itself off. Okay, that's number one. Then it it comes back on. I attempt to just, you know how you have a call history, and you can go to the last number you called. It was not there, y'all. It just was not there. <laughs> so I had to read that, push the numbers again. Oh, gosh. This is it's hilarious. Can't keep the charge. Phone turned off on its own. And then the number that I last called was just gone. It just wasn't there, as if I never made the call. That's Mercury Retro for you. And I'm here to tell you, we'll talk about it more here in a little bit, as we get closer to station, it's going to be like Mercury retrograde on steroids. You hear me? Whenever it stations retro and whenever it stations direct, it's like it's at its most potent. That's for any planet stationing, right? <laughs> and don't be, don't have your chart ruled by Mercury because you're going to find out just like I have. <laughs> So I have to laugh at it because Mercury retrograde will make you want to cuss real loud and strong, but I'm not going to use my Mercury conjunct Pluto powers for <laughs> for destructive purposes, only constructive, right? <laughs> so where we left off was just that we were finishing up the sun going into Aquarius horoscope with the earth signs, and we were on Taurus because for Taurus, uh, your 10th house is getting hit up, okay? This is so funny to me, y'all. Um, you definitely want to uh, accomplish a lot, Taurus, while the sun is in Aquarius. I mean, it's just stimulating this area of your chart that's based around goals and working hard. It's it's a Capricorn-ruled house. It, everybody ought to be real familiar <laughs> with Capricorn energy by now because uh, we just came out of Capricorn season, and so... Taurus, you're basically still going to be in that mode of the hard work, right? And you you can definitely feel like you're hitting a high point with something even uh, during this time, okay? You want to make your goals reality, dear Taurus, and you can create long-term plans of action, but you need to be flexible, right? You need to be flexible. Uh, you've got Taurus energy, because you're a Taurus, right? You've got Aquarius energy. Taurus is a fixed sign. You've got Aquarius energy because the sun's going to be in Aquarius. Aquarius is a fixed And you have this 10th house Capricorn cardinal energy that's being impacted um, for Tauruses in general. And so it's a lot of fixed, fixed energy. Uh, but in, in, the, in the effort to achieve long-term goals and working hard, you may want to introduce some flexible energy, okay, as well. Uh, you definitely are going to come across to others as more hardworking and practical and mature during this time. And um, you're definitely also going to get the chance to work on anything 
that get uh, anything that you need to take another look at since Mercury turned retrograde, right? Virgo, uh, sixth house for you, right? Sixth house keywords while the sun is in Aquarius for you to, uh, you know, meditate on, focus on, and, and put energy into because the sun the sun is lighting it up for you anyway, Virgo. You might as well make the most of that divine energy in the sixth house. Now, Virgo rules the sixth house, so this ought to be real good and comfortable for you anyway. You should be able to make an easier go of it. Uh, for my Virgos, you're going to definitely feel most like yourself when you're being all Virgo-ish, right? Getting your work done, getting organized, tackling the smaller tasks and chores, and being productive. Um, you definitely are going to be able to focus more on your health, and uh, you're going to be able to restore your well-being if that's what you choose to do. The energy is definitely there for you to do that here over the next few weeks during Aquarius season. Um, you're going to be able to pick back up on any work projects that got cast aside um, earlier in the retrograde, and you're going to be able to deal with or work on any health issues that you got stuck on or that got put on the back burner as well. And last but not least, my dear Capricorns, oh, it's not Capricorn season no more. <laughs> the sun is moving into your second house. It was in your first, right? Moving into your second in Aquarius season, and 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 it, of course it's going to slow. The energy is going to anytime the sun is moving out of your sign, is you're going to feel that shift like everything's kind of slowed down on you. Okay, so you're going to feel most like yourself when you're engaging your senses, being all sensual. All second house is ruled by Taurus, so that's a Venus ruled house. Sensual when you're engaging your senses, when you're being in the moment, you know, feeling yourself. Um, fully and relaxing and indulging, you know, Taurus does everything slow, right? Because it just, it dang near embodies everything that it does because it's, it's engaging all the senses with it. So Capricorn, you're going to get a taste of that during Aquarius season. Uh, you're going to have access to that energy. You'll definitely be wanting to splurge. And it's, a you know, second house is a money house, your personal earnings and talents and possessions. And, uh, uh, and you, you're going to want to give yourself plenty of attention, paying attention to yourself. Second house is also that house of self-esteem. Come on, valuing yourself. And you're going to be want to be one with your physical self as well, Capricorn, which shouldn't be too hard. You're an earth sign. <clears throat> and so you definitely can take the time to pick back up whatever you may have had to pause at the start of the retrograde, and work on any financial issues that you may have had. This is your season, Capricorn. Y'all about that money anyway, but um, it, the sun is shining a light and, and, and favorably, uh, you know, energizing you to pay attention to those personal finance issues, right? All right, we're moving on, y'all. Sun is in Aquarius as of this rising. Woo-hoo-hoo. And uh, this afternoon, we actually had uh, Mercury Square Uranus. There's a, FYI, there's not too terribly much if you can look at the episode information. Um, if you're listening online, you can see there's not too terribly much going on in the week ahead. We're, of course, I'm not going to get off of this line <laughs> with all the drop calls and phone turning off and can't keep a charge. 
we are not going to get off this line without talking about Mercury stationing direct. Um, the sun is shining the moon in the week ahead. That's not just like a major thing, but I highlight that because I always tell y'all that that's a favorable time for certain things. I'll mention it here when, I, when we discuss it. The Mercury-Pluto alignment in the week ahead, as you can see in the episode information, it's the second time. I'm not going to talk about the same thing twice. So when we talk about it here in just a second, that's uh, as we finish out the week, we're going to hit that, that first Mercury-Pluto alignment that usually only happens once a year. And so then you'll know for the week after that when it happens again in the week ahead, same thing, right? Well, pretty much the same thing. It's happening under a different moon and all make reference to that here when we discuss it. Um, And then the Venus-Neptune sextile, which is only affecting a few signs. So we should be able to get through the rest of this week and our week ahead with no problem today. We got a little over an hour left, so we should be able to do it. Um, I see a lot of people on the line, but um, uh, it seems like everybody's just listening intently, so that's awesome. If you missed my announcement uh, early in the show, Shay, Alfina, Vicky, and my caller from the 617-838, I will be talking to you after the show. Uh, I made an announcement earlier in the show as to why I haven't been able to get back with you until today, but we will talk soon. Okay. This afternoon, 12.26 p.m. Central Standard Time, Mercury squared Uranus, right? And so, once again, these are not things that happen, okay, it's exact at 12.26 p.m. Central Standard Time, but trust me, Mercury's been squaring Uranus for a day, two, three, maybe, I don't know. These are not, when you're talking about the moon, these are things that are changing multiple times in a day, right? But when you're talking about a Uranus alignment, that's an outer line uh, uh, transiting planet right there. And Mercury, um, these you can you can add a day or two to the front or the end of these transits and know that the energy is still potent during these times, okay? So what I'm about to discuss with y'all about Mercury squaring Uranus that was exact today you may have already been feeling this energy. Let me start talking about a little. You can, you let me know, right? All right. When Mercury, the planet of communications, travel, thinking, commerce, squares, Uranus, the planet of, I don't know, excitement, breakthrough, sudden events, then you can expect this type of energy, excitement and change in your daily routine and interaction, right, Um, which could cause upsets and nervous tension. Uh, It could be a time of receiving shocking news. Okay, that's the Uranus element, that sudden and unexpected, and then the news is the mercurial part, the messages or the communication. So receiving shocking news or experiencing something unexpected that forces you to change your plans, Um, the normal tempo of life increasing, and uh, maybe you're having an unsettling feeling of of playing catch-up right now because things are happening so fast. I know that one resonates with me. Um, It's not necessarily the best time during a time like this to make plans or attend to detailed paperwork because the the focus and the, the concentration is not there. Okay, we got mental mercury, with lightning, you know, air, uh, Uranus, right? 
And so the the thought processes could just be everywhere. Come on, think of lightning. How 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 focused is lightning? It's very concentrated because it's powerful, but that that can strike anywhere. You don't know where it's going to hit. So it's that same unexpected, um, um, untamed energy, but it's associated and linked up with our thoughts and communication and commerce and travel. And it's in a square position. It's in a square relation, that same, you know, challenging aspect. So it takes some focus to maneuver through it. And I'll go ahead and mention this. I wasn't going to mention it till later, but one of the best ways to maneuver through such a, a volatile energy like this is just to relax, okay? We're talking Uranus here, so that's, that's, that's talking about your nerves, nervous tension, anxiety that you may be feeling right now. Guess what? <laughs> it's, I promise it's not that deep. Let it go. The, the remedy for this type of energy is to relax. Let me keep going. Uh, it's now you may this may play out as an increased need for excitement or amusement, okay? And that can make us easily distracted and less responsible or dependable. If this is not how it's affecting you, it could be affecting someone you know like this. And so uh, this is a time where others may let you down or seem very distracted or not very responsible because they're just it's not that they're being, you know, evil to you. It's just that that, that need for excitement and amusement, the, the fact that we can be easily distracted right now, it just is what it is. And if every, everybody don't know how to handle these energies, <laughs> everybody is not, you know, uh, manifesting these higher energies. Right? Some are manifesting the lower uh, manifestations of it. So definitely during this time, mishaps are likely in our communications, be it in person, be it in writing, be it on the Internet, misunderstandings, right? And it could lead to arguments. So be mindful of that. <clears throat> it's just it's just that we're more apt to miss a vital piece of information right now because things are moving so fast. And that square is challenged to what could be an easier flow of communication and energy, right? And so missing that vital piece of information could lead to the wrong thing being said or understood, also misunderstood. And so we'll definitely have opportunity more than likely to offend other people and be offended under this energy and influence. Like I said, watch out for this, not only today as it is exact, but even in the next couple of days. This this energy is going to be playing a part in the full moon astrology, right? That's on Saturday. So keep this in mind even for then. Um, we definitely also have an increased ability to view things through a different perspective, okay? With, with Mercury being hit up by that Uranus sudden unexpected Uranus, also it, it has an element of unusual and original to it, okay? And inventive, so the the energy if channeled appropriately could benefit us by way of giving us an increased ability to view things through a different perspective, which can lead to 
original ideas and breakthroughs. It ain't all bad, y'all. It's how we choose to utilize the energy and make ourselves aware of it. When you listen to a show like this and full moon's coming up in Leo on Saturday and you're doing whatever you do and some, you know, uh, opportunity to miscommunicate or misunderstand comes up, in the back of your head, it's in your subconscious as of right now just for listening. That's what you get for listening. It's getting embedded in your subconscious, and when these situations arise, you'll be triggered. Oh, I can just chill out. Oh, this person just, you know, they they were just distracted. It's okay. They didn't mean to offend me. Even if they did, y'all, give them the benefit of the doubt and understand that these energies are playing out. Uh, You can have under this uh, energy a chance encounter, what I say, sudden and unexpected with Uranus mixed with that Mercury. If you're traveling short trips, you know, throughout your neighborhood, the city, uh, you could have a chance encounter. Um, If you do meet somebody under this influence, note, that friendships made now because of this, you know, really quick, volatile energy Uranus is in Aries, after all. Uh, It might be a short-lived relationship if it started under this influence. Um, You can definitely alleviate a lot of the anxiety and stress that could go along with this transit by postponing important meetings or appointments. If If you can... Push it back, okay? Just a good idea. Um, think twice before you make any bold statements. Uh, Uranus and Aries don't need no introduction, and the sudden and unexpected thing that could come from you uh, could, you know, not work out so well. So before, you know, think twice before you open your mouth is just a really good thing to go by for the time being, Okay. Um, if you have any travel plans, double check them, double check them. I don't care if you did it online. Backdoor that with a phone call to a representative. Did y'all, did y'all you know, see this recorded on y'all's end? Don't take it for granted, Mercury. is still retro. Don't play. You're going to be the one to find out. <laughs> so this is also not, not, not the time to make spontaneous decisions or agree to anything on the spur of the moment. It is not favorable. I'm telling y'all it's a square for a reason. That's the challenge. So uh, usually if you're all spontaneous and all, you know, hey, yeah, sure, no problem, think twice before you make a bold statement, right? And definitely remain flexible and open-minded. When you're talking about Uranus, when I'm talking to my clients about Uranus transits coming up, and, you know, people, they don't know how to take it sometimes, and they're like, what? Sudden and unexpected events, oh, you know, and they, they just mind automatically goes there. If the key to any Uranus transit is going to be remaining flexible, come on, remaining open-minded, because stuff, that's life. Uranus is life, baby. I don't care if it's your car breaking down or the printer jamming or the phone turning off on you. <laughs> You know, you got to roll with it. Stay flexible and keep that mind open. Now, if you were born, okay, so we got Mercury squaring Uranus. We we can tag that energy on to two days ago. It went exact today. You can tag it on through the um, through the full moon. 
think about a child being born under this influence. This influence is going to be in that baby's natal chart. And so people that are born under a Mercury-Uranus square are going to be real original individuals that are set apart from the pack. They're going to have a different way of thinking and communicating. They're going to have, they're probably going to have a really brilliant mind, okay? Now, with the square, though, I have a Mercury-Uranus connection in my chart. It's not the square. But when you do, and, and that automatically is going to give you, like, access to this lightning, think this brilliant mind. The thing about the people with the square, though, is that their provocative ideas and eccentric manner can actually upset others and lead to relationship difficulties. This is something they'll find over the course of their life, and they'll have to do the same thing we're being called to do during this transit, but they're called to do it over a lifetime, which is learn how to maneuver through this challenging energy, okay? It's not a, de- it's not a curse. It's not a mark on your life. It's just a challenge for you to overcome in this lifetime, right? And depending on what you believe to be true about, um, you know, our incarnation and existence here, they signed up for it. They wanted the challenge. (laughs) So these people also can have a lack of concentration and be easily distracted. Some of the things we were discussing about the transit, they, they notice that in their everyday lives or over the course of their lives. Um, you may not fully understand what these people said, you know, when, they, when they're speaking. Um, or they may have that problem. You, you think they have a listening problem. What's wrong with this person? They, can't, they always misconstrued what I said. No. It's, it's that lack of concentration and their tendency to be easily distracted that causes them to hear things incorrectly. Or they can say things incorrectly in response to others because they weren't concentrating and were distracted. They didn't fully understand what was said the first time around, okay? So this also should be giving us all more insight into the people in our everyday lives. Everybody is not out to get you. Everybody is not your enemy. Some people just lack the concentration to, you know, uh, satisfy a lot, uh, what, you, what you may have as a need in communication to be heard and understood. Um, people born with this in their natal chart also can be the prankster, okay? Um, they can have an abrupt way of speaking, uh, which can be offensive to others and cause others to feel insulted. And they have a tendency to see the other side of things, right? Because I told y'all Uranus is giving you the opportunity to see another perspective, which can be great. Uh, But in these people, their ability to see the other side of things can cause them to challenge other people's ideas, which in general can be good. But people, when when they're not aware and they're just getting glimpses of you in these, you know, passing by interactions, they can see a person like this as arrogant or just starting up stuff. You know, you don't have to challenge everything. Well, that's just the way these people think. It's not personal. And so um, uh, they people may look at these people like uh, they're just wanting attention, you know, by shocking us or they're being deliberately argumentative, and it's just not always the case. So um, they, these people really genuinely get the benefit of seeing things from many sides. And so 
uh, what that does in their favor actually is give them, you know, uh, when there's an all options on the table or they're seeing multiple options, so I think it does lead to better discussion, better outcomes. Um, uh, if there's a tendency toward controversy, they're not doing it intentionally, but it can actually be a sign that these people are gifted, intelligent, and creative, okay? Just misunderstood. It's real. And so um, I want, I want to, there's so much more I could say about this, but I think y'all are getting the idea. Uh, I've got a, tons more information. But some of the celebrities, people that were actually born uh, with this alignment and we know their names, uh, I, have to, I had to put Weird Al Yankovic. I didn't have a choice because he had weird in his name. And, that, and that's the, it's a really good word for this energy, right? Blue Ivy Carter uh, has this in her chart. She was born under this. Uh, she just had a solar return, Capricorn season. Barry White, come on, Sam Cook, Ashe, Sammy Davis Jr., and Mary Wilson, all were born with this Mercury square year in this. Now for Mama's Babies, uh, Capricorns, definitely for my Capricorns and my Cancers. Y'all are directly opposite each other on the on the wheel, the zodiac wheel. Capricorns at the 10 o'clock. I'm sorry, 10th house, but 12 o'clock position at the top of the clock, and then cancer is at the bottom where 6 o'clock would be in the 4th house position. Um, and so Uranus is squaring, Uranus and Aries, which would be off to the left at the uh, 9 o'clock position, it, it's forming that square to both of y'all, right? And so for my Capricorns, you definitely uh, with this alignment, just for the rest of the week, more than likely, uh, Uranus is squaring your deacon until April 2016. But with this particular alignment in mind, you could be definitely my Capricorns, uh, Capricorn deacon two specifically, those born January the 1st through the 10th or have sun, moon, or ascendant from 10 degrees to 19 degrees of Capricorn. Okay, I'm talking to you specifically. Uh, definitely an increased nervous tension and anxiety due to rapid changes. Uranus is literally squaring your area of your chart. For my cancers, forced unexpected changes upon you and increased stress levels could be how uh, Uranus squaring your deacon is manifesting. That includes people born July 2nd to the 12th, Cancer Deacon 2, or sun, moon, or ascendant within those 10 to 19 degrees of cancer, okay? Now, for my Capricorns, Mercury is still in your deacon uh, through the 5th of February, okay? So, um, you know, your senses are all heightened, and, and it really can, can probably have been a hectic time since the 16th of January, okay? Capricorn deacon twos, uh, you may have been struggling still possibly struggling to keep up with all the extra correspondence, the bills, the meetings, the questions. And so it's definitely important for you to find some time throughout this transit to find a quiet spot to relax. Capricorn, I know that's a hard word for y'all because y'all like to put in that work and get that money, and I, I feel you. But Mercury retrograding through Capricorn, I know I don't even have to tell you, it's not a joke. Mercury has been retrograding in your sign for 16 degrees. 
So nervous irritability has definitely probably been likely, um, and and that's just a word of wisdom. For my uh, cancers, uh, Mercury has been opposite your deacon, okay, from January 16th, and it will still be through February the 5th, and it just has brought about an energy of more conflict and tension into a very busy time. Uh, your will and your ego have been working at cross-purposes to your rational thinking and how you express yourself. So it's been really easy to put other people off during this time and get into it with people, okay? So you could benefit from a little relaxing and chilling out too. For my Aries and my Libras, um, <clears throat> Aries Deacon 2, those born March 31st to April the 9th, and Libra Deacon 2, those born October the 3rd to the 12th. Uh, Mercury is squaring both of y'all, right? Mercury, um, Mercury, yeah. So from since January 16th to the 5th, both of y'all. Uh, increase friction, tension in communications, uh, thinking, being nervous and rushed. Um, which have, may have led to slip-ups in conversations, not saying exactly what you mean, uh, which could lead to uh, could have led to other people getting the wrong idea and increased chance of arguments or simply not having matters resolved, right? For my Aries in particular, Deacon 2, um, Uranus has been in your Deacon. So unlike Libra, uh, you could be, Uranus could definitely be bringing positive change and higher self-awareness to you, whereas the Libras, um, with Uranus opposite your deacon, uh, it, it may have been manifesting more as unsettling change and uncertainty for you, okay? And keep this in mind, uh, Mercury square Uranus, I usually put the next date it's going to happen, yes. It's going to have, we, we're going to hit this again, okay? Because Mercury's retrograde at the point of this alignment today at 1226 p.m. When it goes direct, it's going to hit it up again. So that's January 31st. And we'll talk about, not that the week ahead ends on the 30th, so I'll mention it again here in uh, two shows from now. All right, we're going to keep it rolling. We got through. Mercury square in Uranus, and we sliding on into Friday. Well, uh, it looks like it's just not a lot going on Thursday. Thursday, uh, 2.01 a.m. Central Standard Time. Probably still be sleep, but the moon is going to oppose Venus and go void, of course, for five hours and 27 minutes. Likely you'll, for, if you're asleep, guess what? What do I tell you all about the void, of course, moon? When the moon is void, of course, you're probably just going to get some deeper, better rest. Nothing really to say if it's happening overnight because you're probably not initiating anything in your sleep. <laughs> but um, so Thursday uh, overnight, we got the void, of course, moon. When you wake up Thursday rising, 7.28 a.m. Central Standard Time, the moon enters cancer. I told y'all. I told y'all at the beginning of the show, right? Since the moon went into Gemini yesterday, and with all its immutable, you know, flexible, shifting, changing goodness, started really helping us to get a glimpse of some new energy from all this deep, dark, oh, 
the oh-so-serious and karmic Capricorn energy, right? And so then I told y'all, with the sun entering Aquarius today, more shifting, okay? More more uh, just positive shift into new energy. And here on Thursday, when you rise, come on, 7.28 a.m. Central Standard Time, the moon entering Cancer going to shift it some more, and you're going to love it. Okay, the moon is at home in Cancer anyway because Cancer is a moon-ruled sign. And when we're talking about the moon and we're talking about Cancer, we're talking about fourth house, which is where we're most comfortable, where we feel most at home. You know, it's just a really good, comfy, cozy, nurturing. It's it's the house of the mother. Come on, how comfortable is it? My mother has transitioned, and and one of my favorite memories to think about is that that's the one you can go crawl up in her lap, and it's all good. You can go crawl up in the bed and and get in that comfy, cozy position, and it's all good. That's cancer right there. It's the mother. It's the comfort. It's the breast. How comfortable is it just a, that was one of my things, just not as a grown woman. She's been transitioned for a while. But, um, you know, that was one of my things. It that her, On her chest, on her shoulder, in her lap is the most comfortable place to be. So think about that when you think about Thursday rising into the moon entering Cancer. Um, it's just it's it, it it because it's at home in Cancer. It's gonna be it's gonna feel even stronger, right? And then it's dang near opposed. It's almost opposing uh, the Sun in Aquarius, and so that's magnifying the energy of the Moon that's gonna be going into Cancer, right? Because the very next sign will be Leo, and that's where the full Moon actually is. But this is the, the Moon sign that precedes it, and so everything is just gonna feel really lit up and magnified. Um, we're gonna want to do something. Come on! And if we don't do something, we're gonna feel very restless. So that's a hint. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I will say this, uh, the sun being in Capricorn and that new moon on the night that was in Capricorn, like I said, it was not the most positive of influences and energies. <sighs> I have to really pull myself together around around it all because it was a big deal. Um, and and I just choose to 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 from from the studies I've done, and what I know to be true in my spirit, that the negativity that was experienced while the sun was in Capricorn, it it, it pretty much is gonna stay there. You know what I mean? Under the light of the sun in Aquarius, it just can't thrive. It cannot thrive. And so um, I admonish you, whatever you're gonna do or feel compelled to do while the moon is in cancer, make it positive so it can survive and thrive. If it's negative, I'm here to tell you, it's going to be blocked. And people will not be interested. They will not give you their energy. They will not give you their time. You might as well go on and make it positive. If you can't figure out how to do it, I promise you, Sun and Aquarius going to show you <laughs> either how to do it or how to get on somewhere and fade to black, okay? Um, 
you're going to probably get an idea to do something. Aquarius is all mental and it's an air sign. So the communication and the ideas and the thoughts are going to be going wild, right? And so while the moon is in Cancer, uh, you're going to, whatever you get a, a, a really deep, magnified, intense desire to do that is positive, you will likely begin it under the Cancer moon and you will likely, uh, you know, continue to do it. You'll have the energy to do it. And um, it may surprise you. It'll be a delightful surprise. We've been in some dark, murky, <laughs> earthy, Capricorn territory, and it's just getting real light and airy with the sun uh, in Aquarius, and the moon in Cancer is going to magnify that even more. Taking a real quick drink of water, you guys. Hold on. Okay. So, yes, it's at home. It's lit up by the sun. It's going to manifest good luck for all of us via um, <clears throat> unexpected communication, likely Internet-based communication. Um, Aquarius, I'm saying that Aquarius is, we're in the age of Aquarius, right? Internet age. It, it's all correlated. Mercury is the ancient ruler of astrology and Uranus is the current ruler of it, and they both also have associations to the Internet. Mercury obviously ruling communications and Uranus being its higher octave, that lightning speed. Think how fast you can get a, a, a message through by hitting the word send, <laughs> you know. So it's just it's just a wonderful time to be alive, and I wouldn't have said that a week or two ago. It would have been... You you heard the past few shows. I've just been admonishing people to hang in there. Capricorn season don't last always. So um, usually the can the Gemini moon going into a Cancer moon it kind of shifts and it changes because Gemini tends to be more restless and it's real fast paced. But I think this time around with the moon going into Cancer, Sun being in Aquarius. Like, it's still going to have a restless feel to it if you don't do something with that energy. So make it good, make it positive. Uh, nothing else major going on on Thursday, Friday, January the 22nd, 3.59 a.m. Central Standard Time, Mercury conjuncts Pluto, y'all. Ooh. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm Mercury. My chart is ruled by Mercury, and I'm learning how to manifest these higher uh, octaves of energy. Uh, uh, but Mercury conjunct Pluto can be troublesome. So let me start breaking this down, unpacking it for y'all, so you can be on the lookout. The energy is here now, and it's going to be in that full moon astrology as well. So this is energy we're we've been looking at and we're going to be looking at definitely through the rest of the week, right? And because we're talking about Mercury here again, just like with the square to Uranus, it's coming up again. The Mercury-Uranus square is coming up again on the 31st. This Mercury-Pluto conjunction is coming up again on the 30th, a week away from when it hits the first time. And what this energy is going to do is going to add depth. That's Pluto, right? Pluto, Scorpio, 8th house is deep. It's not surface level. You hear me? It gets into the to the white meat, the psychological, the 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 stuff that's un, under the stuff that's underneath the stuff, right? And so it's adding that depth and intensity to our thinking. We're putting Pluto with Mercury, not in a square, not in a trine, not in a sextile, not in a opposition, in a conjunction, together in the sky, same area of space 
taking up the same space. Who you think is going to win when it comes down to Mercury and Pluto sharing space? I don't even have to ask. Pluto all day, baby. So when we're talking about mercurial things, communication, travel, uh, commerce, then go on and put that depth and intensity on it and see how you like it. But let me keep going on the, on some of these keywords here. Definitely going to be a good time to get down to the bottom of troubling issues. Let me let me uh, tell you all this. I had a personal. Now, this is where your monthly transit reports become a, a, such an asset. And I'll go ahead and uh, at Astrology. you can Gmail me at Astrology. Uh, the transit reports, like I said at the beginning of the show, my new service is going so well. And then being able to talk to people on a weekly basis about their transit reports has just been just phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> because unlike what I'm going through in the show that are general transits that are going on for everybody, when we're talking about things that are occurring to your personal natal chart, uh it's just on a whole nother level, and that's what gives me an opportunity to speak on, on my personal Mercury-Pluto alignment that I had here just uh, last week. And I can tell you, I'll never be confused about what Mercury hooking up with Pluto means again because Pluto is definitely about the, the what's going on in the dark and getting to the bottom of things. And so... I had a personal Mercury-Pluto uh, uh, transit, and one of the things you'll find with this energy is that you can uncover secrets through study, through research, through probing, and simply asking questions. What happened to me was, <laughs> I won't tell you all the specifics, but I asked the question, <laughs> And boy, did I get an answer. I, I, I didn't even know what I was going to uncover question. It wasn't even specifically about what I ended up uncovering. I was simply asking a question, a general question. And boy, oh boy, Pandora's box. Why did I ask that question? Pandora's box just flew open and all the skeletons and bones. I mean... That's how I usually find out stuff anyway. <laughs> On I call it accident, but it's all divine. But I'm mentioning that but to give you all a taste of this energy. These are things you may um, have been experiencing and, and may experience throughout the, throughout the week uh, potentially, especially when we just have are having this Mercury-Uranus uh, energy as well. You could suddenly and unexpectedly, like Uranus, contacting Mercury through messages, communications, thinking, whatever, uncover something deep because then we're putting Pluto on it right now, talking about this transit right now, okay? So this is just some stuff that could come up. Um, You definitely, while Mercury is conjunct Pluto, uh, can more easily gain a thorough understanding of mysteries and occult subjects like astrology. I find it very interesting through a time like this that I'm, you know, getting such great response and feedback through the new service because people are really getting it. You know, it's not, this is not, it, it may come, astrology may come off as rocket science, but it's only giving astrological context 
just everyday life things. I'm not telling none of my clients nothing they don't already know. I'm giving them astrological context for it. I'm giving them dates. It's a science, and it's math. We can, it's precise and exact. I can tell you exactly the date you're going to have this particular transit, if this, especially if this is a transit that impacts your natal chart in a particular way, and every time it comes up, Now that I've been studying my chart for so long, a couple of years now, I'm starting to see the patterns. When the moon is in Gemini, bam, you know, this, that, and the third. When this particular transit comes by, bam. So that's the power of of this information. And during a time like this, uh, you can definitely more easily gain a thorough understanding because your mind, our minds, are going deep, Okay. Uh, this is a great time for any psychological self-analysis um, and also an excellent time to visit a counselor or to gain greater understanding of the relationship dynamics of a par- partnership you may be involved in. So anything psychological right now, uh, investigations uh, uh, on yourself, on your own relationship is favorable, right? Um, now, mm-mm-mm. This is also a really good energy to use your mental powers to deceive others, right? Right? You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Trust me, not during sun in Aquarius, after this very karmic sun in Capricorn we just had. Now, don't don't sleep. i got to throw this in here. I know the sun is not in Capricorn anymore. That does not mean things are not still karmic, right? Because we still got Mercury. Uh, retrograding in Capricorn until the 25th. Once it goes direct, it will still be in Capricorn until it gets back out on uh, out of the retrograde zone, which won't be until February the 18th. And um, and then Venus uh, will have moved into Capricorn. When we talk about Mercury there, there's still going to be some very karmic messages and communications and travel and business going on. And with Venus just going to be getting into their uh, our love and our money, come on, is going to be moving through some very karmic uh, territory still. So, yes, we all are breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief now that the sun's in Aquarius, but don't, don't, it's still not a great time to be sowing some old lion deceptive seeds. So, yes, under Mercury, Pluto, you can you can probably lie real good to see each others real good. You, you, uh, we have access while Mercury is conjuncting Pluto to uh, a greater power of persuasion and can influence other people more. Uh, but know that just as easily as you can spread propaganda and lies and deceive others and persuade and influence them negatively, you can just as easily. Share your spiritual truths with other people and get them to go deep with you on some stuff that's really about something and going to add to somebody, right? Add to you and them. Uh, we do tend to be more interested in serious subjects during this time, and we may become involved in a darker side of life uh, through, like, criminality or addiction, right? one of the more lower base vibrations of this energy. Um, Power struggles are possible at the intellectual level 
And this could even involve thought projections, okay, and other nonverbal ways that people could be psyching other people out. Keep yourself spiritually protected. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. Keep yourself spiritually protected during this time because all your thoughts are not your own. And I and and during this time, especially if you're feeling like somebody could be, you know, putting the juju on you, just the uh, one thing you can do is just question. It's real easy. Just question yourself. Is this is this my is this thought my own? Do I really think this? Okay. Um, nervous conditions are possible. Um, the intensity of our minds and the seriousness of uh, the serious nature of the topics that we may unearth um, could lead to uh, more nervous conditions. Relaxing is going to be important once again. We got Merck fooling with Uranus. That's lightning. That's, that's, that's you know, nervous and anxious and, you know, energy. And then with Pluto going deep, it may, it, it may be a bit much too much for some people. So... Don't feel bad if you just need to take a time out and relax and just keep things as simple, simplified as you can because this is an energy that other people um, can either find you overbearing and interfering or you can find them that way as if they're even just staring into your soul. And it just may be a lot to deal with. Um, uh, when you have power to influence people like that, you may find people around you feeling threatened. That could be a manifestation, right? Uh, so we're definitely able, to, on a positive note, to make some really profound discoveries during this time. We could find that we could discover something very profoundly revealing about ourselves from deep within our soul during this time, and that's an awesome, wonderful thing, right? Um, you could uh, even spiritual links with with ancestors and the divine could occur during this time, uh, and really lead to some spiritual transformations or sensations and uh, transcending the physical limits of the body. Definitely, if you're people born around this, under this influence, they have powerful intellects and they have deep curiosities. They can be intense people, right? And this definitely shows up, the intensity shows up in their style of communicating. They tend to have strong influence on those around them, be very persuasive with a penetrating stare. You'll find um, a lot of prime ministers and presidents have this influence in their chart, okay? And so it re having this in your chart reinforces the power that you can have over a large number of people. Uh, and, and you tend these people tend to be more persuasive because they know the facts on a particular matter. They've probed enough and uncovered enough details um, and things that are hidden to uh, be very persuasive and knowledgeable. Um, these people uh, inherently have the ability to understand occult meanings and mysteries that only a very few people are able to access and understand, right? Um, these people make excellent detectives and researchers, um, and it's it's pretty neutral. It's not a bad aspect to have. It's how you choose to utilize it. Um, these people can definitely convince other people of their lies. Uh, I, I mentioned this before in an, in a very early show, but uh, one of my precious precious. Uh, 
a young toddler uh, relative has this in, in their chart. And even as a baby, don't tell me, oh, my phone turned off again. Um, even as a baby, <laughs> he wasn't nothing but a couple of years old. And this is the power of being born under certain influences. Um, and it, it must be monitored and watched because if it's not cultivated um, to a high degree instead of allowed to, to remain real low and undeveloped, you can't really just be a, a grow up to be a liar, right? Just lie, just pathologically lie. But it doesn't always denote that. But you have access to it. So even as like a two-year-old, he would come home from daycare and, and we'd be like, you know, what would you eat today? And he's like, you know, he didn't eat. He would say he did not eat. And we're like, okay, you didn't eat all day at daycare. And, you know, obviously he ate and all that stuff. And and you and when you broke it down to him, you know, the importance of telling the truth, and he would finally say, he's like, yeah, I ate. But, you know, who does that? Somebody born with Mercury-Pluto um, in a challenging aspect in their chart or a strong, hard aspect, because even though con- conjunction is not necessarily challenging, it is considered a hard aspect. So some celebrities with this um, in their chart are Della Reese, um, Galileo, I thought that was interesting, Galileo, Whitney Houston, Nicole Ritchie, Angela Bassett, Malcolm Jamal Warner, uh, world-renowned astrologer Demetra George, and Marion Jones, okay? Yes, Marion Jones, so that's what I'm saying. (laughs) It can manifest all kind of ways you have to... um, definitely cultivate a higher manifestation if you don't want to be a pathological liar. So uh, for everybody, Mercury conjunct Pluto is just, you know, all the things that I had uh, mentioned initially, specifically for my Scorpio Deacon 2s born November 2nd to 11th and my Pisces Deacon 2s born February 29th to March 10th. Uh, Mercury is sextiling you guys as Deacon, okay, um, up until February the 5th, and it has been sextiling it since January the 16th. And so you guys are finding an increase in your creative thoughts and mental activity. It's been energizing all your communications and interactions with other people, and it's likely been a very, very busy period, will continue to be through the 5th of February, Um, but these interactions have been beneficial, okay, as you can project yourself strongly and clearly without upsetting others, okay? So Mercury sextile in your deacon has created a more harmonious flow. Uh, Sextile is the lesser, it's, it's not quite the trine, but it's still harmonious, okay? Um, specifically for those Scorpio Deacon 2s, um, well, actually for both the Scorpio Deacon 2s and the Pisces Deacon 2s, your self-confidence also due to Pluto sextiling both of you guys, uh, your self-confidence should have been very high during this time. Also, um, you should feel the heightened power and authority in your life, and it should have been or be a great time to transform your life get ahead, and promote yourself. Pluto is is the planet of power. It represents power, 
right? And it's been in a very harmonious position to you guys as well. So my Scorpios and my Pisces, Deacon 2s, y'all should have been faring very well and, and definitely should continue to uh, throughout this time. My Taurus Deacon 2s and my Virgo Deacon 2s. My Taurus is born May 1st to 10th, and my Virgo is born September 3rd to 12th. You guys have been experiencing Mercury trining your deacon, so even more so, more harmonious for you. Um, should ha- should be a really favorable transit, um, your thoughts being in harmony with your intentions, and with Pluto trining uh, both of you guys as deacons as well. Uh, it should just color your entire year to give an extreme boost to your ego, and confidence levels, which simply means that you'll be able to make big advances in all areas of life or any area you choose. Uh, People will have been or be drawn to your strong presence and charisma. And there's really no bad karma in taking advantage of this because important and powerful people will genuinely want to team up with you for win-win situations. And these um, horoscopes are coming from Astrology King. Shout out to my clients that are, you know, taking it a step further and just uh, these websites that I mentioned. Astrology King is the main one. Just looking a little further into their own personal horoscopes. Um, then we move into Saturday, guys. Uh, before I do that, let's see how much time do we have left. We only have 23 minutes left. Real quick, y'all. Real quick. I see you. All, I see you holding on the line. I'm gonna get you. Hold on, because I cannot stay a week behind. <laughs> We're the week ahead for crying out loud. But Mercury retro is real, and it's just it is what it is. Uh, Saturday, January the 23rd. This coming Saturday, 12:21 a.m. Central Standard Time. The moon goes void, of course, for 13 hours. Okay, so it happens overnight. It starts overnight, but the moon does not enter Leo until 1:21 p.m. Central Standard Time. Saturday, up until that time in the afternoon, right? Just focus focus on reviewing, finishing up, taking stock, finding lost things, getting rid of excess, um, refining. Uh, it's not a good time to initiate anything new. Get together with some people you already know. Don't go on your first date Saturday morning, <laughs> okay? Not this Saturday morning. Uh, the moon's going to go into Leo after that point, and we're going to be ready to party, okay? Leo is the sign of the fifth house. It's fun, okay? We want to, uh, we're coming out of the that comfortable, homey, mother, breast, cancer moon, right? And we're going to want to be where the action is. We're going to want to have fun, joy, just bubbling up from our heart, just wanting to, uh, you know, be cheery and um, whatever. It's easier to be lifted out of the doldrums if you if you have been going through cancer, moon and cancer, just wasn't all that for you. Um, and uh, just fun places like this Saturday. I know Saturday's weekends is already a good time to just have fun and do stuff, but even more so this one. You're we're going to be emotionally satisfied to go to a fair or a museum or a festival or, you know, uh, retail therapy maybe, um, party, 
and uh, children, of course, is a Leo uh, fifth house keyword. So games, jokes, funny pictures, uh, definitely a Leo likes the spotlight, so probably going to be dressing really well, want to be seen, dance, um, go on an adventure, take a risk, um, anything entertainment, fifth house does real entertainment, go see a play, um, so, yeah, our inner child is going to want to come out and play. And then we end uh, this particular week with uh, January 23rd at 2.31 p.m. Central Standard Time. That is uh, uh, that is also Saturday, so later Saturday afternoon. Uh, Venus enters Capricorn, and I've got to go through these real quick so you all know what to expect. Capricorn, Venus is entering your sign. Okay, when Venus goes anywhere, right, it's bringing like ease, okay, and comfort. Venus is the love and money sign. We're always happy to see Venus coming. So my Capricorns, yes, the sun's been going through there. Mercury's been retrograding through your sign. It's been really real, I know. But here at the end of this week, uh, Saturday afternoon, Venus is entering your sign and you really, it really should help to smooth a lot over for you, okay, my dear Capricorns? Um, it should really be bringing you some good energy so you don't feel so quite off, okay? Mercury's been there making it all wonky, and here comes Venus to say, guess what? It's okay. Not only is Mercury about to get the heck out of here, but I'm here now. I'm going to make it okay. So for my Capricorns, you can definitely be more sensual and charming, and then once the retrograde is over, even more so, right? Once Mercury is actually stationing direct and, and you can and Venus can just see Mercury getting on about the door, it's got even more so. And you can be even more positive and get along with others even more, especially if you've been having a hard time with Mercury retrograding in your sign. For the rest of my Earth signs, Taurus. Um, Venus going into Capricorn is hitting up your ninth house, okay? It's coming to make things all better that may have been thrown off with the Mercury retrograde in your ninth house. You can find it much easier uh, to expand and explore and have new experiences to travel, to learn, um, and though uh, uh, things might need, might not be completely good till the retrograde is over. You're going to start getting your first signs of that Taurus. Venus is your that's your planet, Taurus. Your Venus rules, so you should feel definitely feel the shift and feel like you can expand more once Venus enters Capricorn here on Saturday. For Virgos, um, once again, with Venus entering an Earth sign, you also also should really be getting a good. Uh, uh, dose of this energy. It's going through your fifth house. We just got through talking about fifth house Leo with the moon going into Leo. Fifth house is ruled by Leo, right? Ruled by the sun. Um, And so uh, Venus going into Capricorn means that um, you're going to just get some really good energy and you're going to find more joy in in and enjoy what you do. You're going to be able to connect better with your loved ones that may not have just been so easy with the retrograde in that same area. Moving on to my air signs, Aquarius, Venus, and Capricorns going in your 12th house. So that same 12th house that the sun in, in Aquarius is hitting, uh, no, that was Pisces. Okay, I apologize. Uh, sun in Aquarius, obviously, he's going through your first house. But um, Venus going into Capricorn is in your 12th house. 
And so it's bringing really good energy uh, for you to find it easier to deal with things from the past. Okay, Aquarius, you're going to be able to let it go. When Venus gets all up in your 12th house, you're going to be able to get the rest you need, and you're going to be able to deal with subconscious issues, okay? Once the retrograde is officially over, you're going to feel the in, the good energy that you have to make things right again, okay? You can do it, Aquarius. I know for my air signs, I'm about to go to Gemini in the 8th house. For Aquarius 12th, Gemini 8th, and Libra 4th, which all my air signs are dealing with uh, Venus going through emotional houses. So it's really going to be um, a great time for you guys to get some emotional things dealt with because Venus coming into these emotional areas really should start to smooth some stuff out. So that's good news, air signs, right? Gemini 8th house with Venus going into Capricorn easing up some of the retrograde wonkiness, you can find it easier to make transformations, right, to do your research, handle serious matters, and not get sucked into extremes as much. Venus is going to make that a bit easier. Uh, Once the retrograde is over, you can even more so get back on track more easily and quicker, okay, and work on forging better intimate relationships. Uh, you can go deeper, and it'll, it it won't feel so scary. Okay, Gemini. Libra, um, for the fourth house, another, like I said, emotional house. It's that comfort house, that cancer house, that mother house, right? And so Venus going in there really should, uh, it, it has the opportunity to, you can increase, uh, you can smooth out your relationship with your mom. I mean, that's real. It's the energies there. But in a more general sense, um, It's going to bring a really good energy to your mix, making it easier for you to deal with issues that have come up on the home front, fourth house is home and family, Um, and you're going to be able to get along better with your family. You're going to want to make your home more comfortable and inviting, okay, and you want to have a support system that will be there for you no matter what happens. Um, You're going to also be able to feel better emotionally. Venus is literally hitting up your, your what makes you most comfortable. And so uh, you can try to get yourself in a better place internally more easily. Moving on to my uh, uh, water sign, starting with Pisces. Uh, Venus going into Capricorn is hitting up your 11th house. And so she's definitely going to be making things better for you. You're going to be able to get along better with your friends, Pisces. You're going to be more passionate about causes and focus more on your dreams. And then when the retrograde period ends, you can really see some progress that you can make with your dreams and expanding your network and connecting with your friends, okay? The Venus going into uh, Capricorn is going to give you the first glimpse of that. For my Cancers, seventh house is exactly opposite Capricorn. And so once again, we're talking partnerships, loved ones, bringing good energy, finding it easier to spend time with your loved ones, finding the right words to say to smooth things over that kind of got turned upside down during the retrograde. And once it's officially over the retrograde, you can really get back on track even quicker with um, with partners and any relationship at all. For my Scorpios, third house here, we're talking mental. And so you're going to find it easier to find the right words to say, Scorpio, and express yourself more clearly Beauty onto your words, right? Harmony, more harmony with your words and your thoughts and your your um, um, your local travel. You could, 
uh, Scorpios could find love. Uh, my single Scorpios could find love in the neighborhood <laughs> with Venus going into Capricorn, right? And so you're going to be able to be more tactful and diplomatic, and once the retrograde is over, even more so, be able to smooth things out real quick. My Aries, for Aries, uh, Venus is going to be going through your 10th house, and you're going to want to focus on your goals, direction, your external foundation, but those things may still be a little off, uh, just with Mercury still being retrograde in that area. Um, But Venus is going to bring positive energy, You may have had a hard time making things better, um, but you just really have to focus on your goals and get clear about what you're doing, okay? So this is harmony is coming to your goals. You should find it easier. Uh, For Leos, my other fire sign, um, Venus going into Capricorn is bringing great energy to your work life, fixed house, okay? Work, health, daily life. You can work on doing better work. You can enjoy more the work that you do. Um, you can better have a better go at creating a schedule or a daily routine that you'll actually stick to and enjoy. And you can try out having a healthier routine and be more likely to enjoy that new health routine, okay? Um, and especially after the retrograde is over, you might find it even easier than that to get get back on and stay on track, okay, when it comes to your work and your health. And lastly, my Sagittarius, definitely not, not least, um, second house is being hit up. Come on, anytime Venus is going through a money house, it's time to cut a little jig and get happy about it, right? So for my Sagittarius, while Venus is in Capricorn, you really have a divine opportunity to improve your financial situation, to make the most of your financial opportunities, um, but you can also splurge more, okay, because Venus makes everything all harmonious and easy, and so it'll be real easy for that money to slip right on through your fingers. So just be mindful of that. Um, you can have greater confidence. The second house is also that area of self-esteem and valuing ourselves. And so it'll be easier, you may find, to have greater confidence, Sagittarius, and you can also enjoy indulging a little bit, you know, a little bit. <laughs> and so uh, Venus is bringing that good energy, and it's 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 really going to lighten that retrograde load, okay? Um, I've only got 10 minutes left, but call us from the 862-239. You're live on the air. Peace. Peace. How are Hi. you? Wonderful. Who's on the line? Hi, this is Adasa. My um my birthday is one five nineteen sixty five. Uh-huh. But I'm I'm really concerned about my son's charts. Um Do you have his, his birthday birth details as well? Okay. Yes, it's it's five eight nineteen ninety eight and he was born at six AM. And what's and he your is, concern? Uh, he's in. You were he's me. in a major transition right now, and I know that. And I think I know. I have been told before that we've we've shared this lifetime before, like we've been in another mm-hmm. life together. And I mm-hmm. do feel a more strong connection to him. Um, I won't say more so than my other kids, but it's a unique connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like a mirror of myself. 
I'm sure so we could even see that astrologically. If we looked at both of y'all's charts, I'm sure we could see some major connections, some karmic and uh, destined and divine connections, which would contribute to you feeling that way. Um, I will, I'm going to record your number, write your number down before I even get you on hold because <laughs> it's Mercury retrograde. Yeah. And the last time it was, I didn't even write the last four digits of somebody's number down. It was really bad. <laughs> and I want to get back with you. Um, Hadassah, okay. is it okay if I contact you after the show? Yes, that would be okay. even better. Okay, okay, great. We'll talk I'll just again. continue Enjoy. listening. Thank you. Okay. Peace. Thank you. You're welcome. Caller from the 216-240. Peace. You're live on the air with Mama Dada. Oh, yes. Hi. My name is Patricia. How are you? Hi, Patricia. I'm wonderful. Thank you for calling in. What are you wanting to know about today? Uh, well, I was just listening at the various uh, uh, revelations. Uh, I just, mm-hmm. you know... Um, I was born in uh, July 16, 1958. Um, I've been, God, I'm, new beginnings for me. I'm in the process of developing my talents in songwriting, music, and entrepreneurship. I need to know, um, and I need to start earning an income, but what's going to, what should I be focused on this new year? I mean, seasonally, but also uh, spiritually, relationally, creatively. Um, mm-hmm. um, as Sessa said, I'm developing and learning to play the guitar and writing mm-hmm. songs and composing music, but also sound healing and uh, entrepreneurship. So I'm owning myself while I'm serving, uh, speaking, and uh, of course I'm a Student, I'm just in my last year of this sound engineering. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> uh, you've got a lot going on, so I can right. see why your question is about what to focus on, especially in a Mercury retrograde, because yeah. it makes it all the more difficult to find your focus. And when you hook up with an astrologer, the the key thing there is that be it a solar return chart that I may do for you, be it a transit report I may do for you, we're going to be able to narrow that down significantly. So I'm really looking forward to contacting you after the show and telling you, get, narrowing down what what is going to be the best way to go for you. So is that something I can do, call you when we wrap up here? Um, yes. Um, okay. Yeah, cause, okay, sure. Um Okay. <laughs> At the same number is fine. Uh, yes, I'll continue to listen. Okay, great. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to it, Patricia. Thank you so much for calling. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Okay, yeah, guys, that's, that, the, that's easy. You know, it, and I hate to say it like that, like, oh, that's easy, but these are things that astrology does provide guidance and clear. Once again, this is science and math here. We're talking areas of space, angles, and and being able to be very precise and specific. So that's one of the things that just brings me joy and delight is because I can actually give people answers that I can prove 
with science and math. I'm not pulling it out my butt. I'm not, you know, doing a hocus-pocus magic Jedi trick on you. I am calculating things and backing it up. That's why I do the reports and substantiate what I say and send out reports to my clients because then they can clearly see for themselves. They can clearly calculate it for themselves. They can clearly um, see where I'm coming from. And so that is one of the joys of doing what I do. I love it. I am a full-time astrologer. This is what I do. I did dare to believe two years ago when I was sitting in a cubicle in a legal department of a, you know, corporate company that, you know, listening to my astrology coach radio, (laughs) that I too could, you know, really master my destiny and not have to uh, sit inside of this this box that society wants to put us in. Yeah, I was great at what I did. That's why I got into so much trouble in these corporate settings because I would get in these positions and the higher-ups are looking at me like, oh, is she trying to come for us, you know? It was uh, one of the ladies at the um, in the legal department. She was an executive in the legal department. She wore her little, you know, fancy-schmancy uh, suits to work with them. It was so odd. She would wear these suits, but then the shirt she would wear underneath it had a midriff so you could see her belly button. It was just really weird. But, but you know, she came in switching and twitching every day and looking at me, you know, do what I had to do for the department in like two and three hours and be, you know, at by lunchtime, I'm going home. And she, you know, it just when you have these latent gifts and abilities and talents, which astrology, through your natal birth chart, you can see where these lie. Everything that I'm good at, it's substantiated and backed up And when you when you look at my birth chart. When you see my mercury Uranus, it's like, oh, <laughs> that's why she has a lightning fast mind, you know. And And these are skills and talents that I am no longer giving away for minimum wage to even competitive salaries, just not enough when you know that you can really max out if you dare to believe that everything you need to succeed in this life, you already have it. And so, it's you know, I'm not even worried about keeping on going uh, in the week ahead. Uh, Let's see. Only thing I would mention in the week ahead, just the uh, with, with with Mercury stationing direct, I didn't even have um, for y'all, but I just had some general information of the of the energy, um, and a lot of the energy um, I've already talked about because of the square to Uranus and the conjunction of Pluto. So y'all aren't just off there, right? And then as the week goes, there's just not a lot happening next week. Um, with on Friday. January the 29th, 2.55 a.m. Central Standard Time. The sun does trine the moon. Friday is a really great day. The the moon will not be void, of course. Trust me, I double text. So it's a really good day Friday to start a project, start a business, or an important activity, okay? And then also on Friday, uh, that's when Mercury conjuncts Pluto again like it does this week. And... um, when it does it this week, it's under a cancer moon, right? So even with all the communications, 
There is healing potential, and the feelings run deep, and it's favorable to remain aware of our personal needs, right, when all this Mercury-Pluto stuff is going on. It's so intense. When it comes up next in the week ahead on the 29th, it's happening under a void, of course, moon in Libra, right? So we are taking stock and finishing things up, but but that 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 you know Mercury Pluto intensity in our communications will be under the light of a Libra moon, which denotes more pleasing interactions, more diplomacy, and making amends and compromise. So even if you don't get the Mercury conjunct Pluto right this week. I have a feeling on the in the week ahead we will, and um, and the rest I can really talk about next week. Uh, it's been a divine pleasure, y'all. We did it. You know, Gmail me at Mama Dada Astrology. Uh, it, that that's the best way to get at me right now. Gmail me right, and I always respond. It's my delight and pleasure to respond. Thank you, guys, for your time and attention. We'll be back next week. I love y'all. Stay connected to myastrologycoach.com, okay? Peace.